change a bit since '03. When music meant something. All right, everybody, this is Angelo Gargaro with the Spinning Thoughts Podcast. I'm joined once again with my best friend, Brandon Robertson. Brandon, what's up? Hello, hello, hello. This is a very, very special episode number five where we are doing yet another uh, special interview with, I'd say, so far, of the bands that we have interviewed and have in line to interview probably the, the bigger name band there's no doubt about it um and uh we are very very happy and grateful for rishi ball from eternal boy to be joining us here today rishi what up man hey how's it going going? Uh, we're doing good man we're feeling good you feeling good feeling good i just had some minios pizza and i'm watching my uh, fantasy football lineup go down the porcelain pee hole <laughs> oh minios dude that sounds bomb yeah i gave up oh, on yeah. watching uh for fantasy about uh what was it we had the 9 30 london game after obj did nothing eli manning did nothing i was like you know what Oof. screw this Bail. Yeah. i'm so sick of fantasy football oh dude i'm it a browns is... fan man so uh i feel that Yo. way every week yeah. no matter what yeah yeah lay it on me rishi Oh my god! Are you like an all Cleveland fan for everything, or just? Football? I am. Yeah. No, I was. Uh, I grew up in Cleveland. I was born in Columbus and grew up in Cleveland since I was about seven years old. So uh, when the Cleveland Browns came back in 1999, I was 11, and I was at that very first day of training camp. Uh, been diehard ever since, and it's you know it hasn't been hasn't been good. <laughs> well, at least it's offset with some of the other teams, I guess, doing well. Yeah, it is. It, no, it finally feels good. Uh, Cleveland won one championship, hasn't won anything pro since 1964, and have the potential to do it twice in the same year. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's like they don't even know what to do with themselves. Seriously, Like, watching don't. the parade after the Cavs won was hilarious. Like, <laughs> they don't know what to do when, no, we, when they we do well. No, we have no idea. It's ridiculous. I mean— Cleveland doesn't really have much else going for it. No offense. <laughs> Trust me, I lay on him all the time about it. Yeah, believe me, I I, I grew up there. I know exactly what's going on. <laughs> I mean, it's a good it's a good concert city. There's there's definitely uh there's definitely some great venues and stuff there. No, there are. Hell yeah, they get a lot of the big name stuff sometimes over Pittsburgh. They do because they have a House of Blues there. Yes, the so House of Blues is like a bigger. I mean, now we have Stage E, so I guess that offsets it. But before that, it was pretty. Well, we've pretty got the altar bar. Oh, um, no, we don't. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, don't. So, so, hey, Rishi, I guess you've been pretty busy. I would assume. Um, yeah. We want to dive into this uh, interview with you with one of the more obvious questions that I'm sure, ever since either June or July, if I can remember correctly, uh, right. there's there's been a pretty big change on your end. I almost introduce you as rishi from the space pimps but that, that's not the case <laughs> well yeah no i mean it's it's uh i think i think to everybody that that knew me or knows us like for years prior like i'll we'll always be the space Pimps, and that's totally fine with me but yeah i mean yeah it was it was uh it was a weird time i mean we uh obviously in order to stay a band as long as we've been a band you have to like adapt so, to some degree and i mean you know we've we've had some member changes, which again had nothing to do with the name change. Um, but you know, when you get older and you try to kind of be a semi-professional band, and all while concurrently trying to have some sort of remnants of a normal life with yeah. a job, I mean, it's it's hard to balance that. So, but we had we had a point where I had some conversations with uh, some people in the industry, and I had some conversations with uh, some record labels, and uh, and a big opportunity we had with a publishing agreement to publish some of our songs in, in TV and film. And wow. the consensus was basically, you know, we, we you know, I, I don't think it's possible to grow anymore with a name called the space pimps. And, really? and of course, yeah, you'd I mean, think in 2016 at this point that, I mean, that wouldn't matter, but it does. Sex sells, I mean, man. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point, but you have to think of it the other, the other way around. I mean, it's 2016 and, and you know, I'm, again, I'm a liberal and you know, I mean, there's nothing to do with the word pimp, but, I mean, people are the PC police are certainly yeah. <laughs> much more on patrol, uh, yeah. you know, particularly our genre. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like controversy and bands doing stupid things and yeah. uh, within our genre. So so it just was kind of this point where we were like, well, you know, am I going to be 50 years old and be like, well, we could have progressed farther if it wasn't for the name. And I don't think I can live with myself at 50 knowing that. I didn't at least try it. And again, like it's the same. We're the same band. We're the same songs. We're the same image. We're the same, 
you know, the same vibrato, the same messages, the same awful jokes. I mean, it's, there's nothing, <laughs> just uh, different letters. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing different. It's just, you know, we had to, I felt like we had to, and, and I didn't want to do it per se, but I think that it's, so far, it's been a good choice. Yeah, and Brandon and I were actually talking. He uh, showed up around 8 o'clock, so we've been chatting for the last hour. And we were just discussing how seamless your transition from <laughs> – seriously, man. Seriously, it's insane, genius. I don't know. Insane. Insane, wow. the transition. Like, I remember seeing you guys posting on social media leading up to it, and the buzz right. you created prior was nuts. And then, wow. like, the day of – the day that the name changed, you couldn't even – I mean, you would type in Space Pimps in Google or something, and, and it right. would just redirect to Eternal Boy. It was instant. Wow. Yeah, I just did well, it right now. It's incredible. I so, mean, that's that's probably the best – the biggest compliment I think you could ever said. I mean, I mean, by far – and, like, we've done interviews with, like, a bunch of, like, you know – I mean, cool outlets like, like Alternative Press and Absolute Punk. Yeah. And nobody has said something more kind than that because the biggest worry, obviously, when you do something like this is to not alienate. Right. your current demographic and um kind of as an aside not that this really matters but you know i just i'm actually about to defend my dissertation I've, i'm getting, getting a phd in marketing jeez so oh, was, man you really was, are uh, busy yeah so but so given given that background i guess you know the goal was to not i see i don't want to i don't want to like bury the space pimps right i mean we, we are the space pimps right like when you pull away the the candy coated shell like we're still the same band you know it's just that appearance is different. So, you know, I didn't want to eliminate it from the planet, but at the same token, you know, when people, uh, you know, through search engine optimization and sort of like some of the back end stuff, there's ways that you, if you do it comprehensively that you can make the transition as seamless as it could be. So, I mean, that was, that was certainly the goal. So I appreciate that you've noticed that. I mean, really do. Yeah, there's great no doubt. Fantastic job. Now from our end, we noticed the seamlessness, but we want to know, did you guys notice anything, any fallout from like, like you mentioned SEO and things like that. I mean, did you notice right. anything from the fan perspective, from right. promoters, from obviously you're huge in Pittsburgh and, and even, right. you know, in, internationally. But did you notice any kind of fallout or confusion from that category? Uh, great question again. Um, yeah, yeah uh, there wasn't really. I would say if I could put if I could quantify it, I'd say. 98% was pretty much, why didn't you do this 10 years ago? <laughs> and then 2% was about, like, we don't get it. Like, you guys have been a band for so long, like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And and then there was even a, sm a very small percentage. I'd say that was 1.9%, then 0.1%. So there was, I got a, I got a few, probably five or six super angry emails uh, from people that have, like, tattoos. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> way. Yeah, so that was That's really... Awesome. Uh, that, that it's awesome. Again, again, you know, you feel bad. And again, you know, I tell these people all the time, like, not, I mean, there's not like a ton, obviously I'm not trying to gloat like, Oh, people got my face tattooed on their ass. <laughs> right? but, but like, you know, somebody was like, Oh, you know, I, I got this tattoo. It was my first tattoo and I have a sleeve. And it, you know, it says the space on it. And I emailed her back very colloquially. And I said, Hey, like, I don't even like my band enough to get a tattoo. <laughs> like it's, it's your choice. And yeah. we hope that you won't, you know, you won't, just stop listening to us because of that. But, but ge generally it was okay. I think that, uh, some, and, and again, I, I mean this, take everything I say with a grain of salt. I don't, I don't think that we're humongous or have, you know, or are, are as big as what we want to be. But I think that generally some people who have been like a fan for a long time were a little like, uh, like I didn't expect this. Yeah. You know, I, I expected maybe a new album or new <laughs> something, but not this. So well, you don't see it happen often. Yeah. That's true. You really That's don't. A, a you don't. Point. You really don't. I mean, you'll see bands break up and then start something new. But right. like you said, to keep the same music, you and we'll talk about this in a second. But you even kept an album that came out right. as the Space Pimps, as essentially right. your first album for Eternal Boy. Uh, nothing really changed other than the name. So from my experience of, of being in bands and loving music since I can remember, I can't think of a band that did something like this. And I don't think that's a bad thing whatsoever. For those of you who may have a Space Pimps tattoo, I think that's badass. I mean, you have, <laughs> honestly, they have a, a piece of your history that, you know, if somebody goes and gets a Space Pimps tattoo now, I mean, you're kind of lame. Just, maybe not lame, <laughs> but I mean, you're like, you're not. Wow, brutal, well, man. You, you didn't come up with it. Like, you weren't, you know what I mean? Like, now it's just like, well, yeah, anybody can think to go and do it now proactively. What do you really or, mean? It's vintage now, I think is the term. <laughs> Ex like yes, exactly, exactly. 
Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I, you know, I, I was thinking about that too. Like when we were doing it, like, um, cause the goal is, is to, you know, I think we, we, you know, we've, I think we've, we've sold something like, like over the last like eight years, we've had three albums and we've sold like 40 or 50,000 albums, which is a ton. Don't get me wrong. That's like, that's like more than I ever could have imagined. But you know, I, I was really, I was really apprehensive about it. And, and we have a, like a publicist, a real DIY publicist from LA who was kind of, we were talking about it and he said something that made me end up deciding to do it or uh, me decide to do it. And it was that if people really dug you guys 10 years ago, and they have no idea what Eternal Boy is, then they're not even – they're not your fan to begin exactly. with. Exactly. So it's, it's cool if those – and you know, like sometimes like I was, at, I was at the Penguins game last week and uh, somebody was like, oh my god, like these faces are like my favorite band. And clearly I walked away from that being like, well, clearly we aren't your favorite band right. if you had no idea that right. you know, we aren't called the Spacemans anymore. So uh, it's, 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 a real, it's a real challenge and I, I don't – you know, I think that there are two bands that did it. Um, and we and we were too young, I think, to get it. But you know, Blink was Blink was actually called Big Oily Men for a year and a half. Shut and, the like, hell had up. Done, had done a tour on it and stuff like that. So so they did it at a very micro level. But a band that did it huge, that like toured on it, uh, the band Story of the Year. Really? They were yep. actually, they were actually called Big Blue Monkey for four years. I had no did clue. It, I didn't either. Right. Did a tour with Goldfinger. Did a tour with uh, the Used under that name and then uh the label said yo like this isn't working you know interesting so it happens but it definitely is far and few between yeah well again kudos on the change uh very seamless and um we dig it the the question we want to know is why eternal boy why for the album name why did you decide uh, i mean look you like we just discussed very rarely does it happen that bands don't change a thing but their name you had yeah. the opportunity to pick any name you wanted to so obviously you know big decision why'd you choose eternal boy yeah it, mean, it means something to you yeah it, it does and i'll be dude these are like the best questions i think i've ever had being in, a oh, nice. in like years uh but so so that's a really good question and it was strategy and it was also meaning obviously yeah we could be anything we want i mean there's that's a really good point but to try not to alienate right past fans like you know eternal boys is, is is i think our best album and it, and it was our you know it, it's the album that that opened up doors that no other album opened up yeah and i think we sold the most of it we we uh we tore the most on it we i mean you you choose the, the barometer i think that it was the best and uh you know I, I love the name because i think the cool thing to me about pop punk uh and not the new pop punk right the pop punk we grew up on right. the drive through records bands oh, the, you know less yeah. than jake the starting line the atari's the the cool thing about that is that when we were younger like like i, I think that i thought that i was going to grow out of it like i thought that you know like nobody has me, i know nobody anybody has, who lived irony. through like the early 2000s and grew up like in high school and in college with right. pop punk you just can't get it out of your your soul it, it's everything my my fit and not to interrupt you but my no no please good. my favorite genre or decade i guess is like the 60s i'm big into um like hippie shit and you know that kind of stuff but nice. um but i can't deny that in high school i grew up with the starting line <clears throat> taking back sunday brand new senses fail right. like you said all the drive-through brands newfound glory and you i play in different bands right now with brandon and in my writing style, I love listening to classic rock into the 60s, but none of that shows through. What shows through is pop punk because that is just in well, my core. What science says is that the music that you listen to in between the age of 14 and 15 is the music that stays in your heart until you die. I mean, that's the, I don't know the actual. Wait, Rishi's the one getting the PhD here, brother. Okay, <laughs> so, so verbiage. Well, I'm hoping to get <laughs> no, some no, I mean, some backup I mean, on it here. Um, they they I mean, say that 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 what you listen to when you're 14 is what sticks with you. Doctor, can we back that up, please? <clears throat> yeah, please. <laughs> well, soon to be doctor. Uh, <laughs> yes, screw it. Let's I mean, just say it now. Indubitably, yes. <laughs> that that makes sense. I mean, I mean, for for me, it's like I just can't I can't explain it. I feel like. I feel like, you know, any, the only people that get it are people that grew up during it. And, yeah. and I know this is like trying to t teach Japanese to a 17 year old now who's, who would be listening to this or even talking about this, but it's like, we, we, I felt like we were part of something that we didn't even know how big it was going to be. 
You're right. And then you'd go to shows and there'd be this like vibrato that, that, you know, you were nervous, but you were excited. It was like, oh my God, like it's like super punk and like that's really different, but it's also like, you know, melodic. And, and I feel like Eternal Boy, the name, right? It's like, it's a Latin term. It's called Pueri Turnus, which is essentially <laughs> like Peter Pan complex. <laughs> okay. And it's, and essentially it's this idea that like you don't have to, like gr- growing up doesn't have to be a chore. Yeah. Right. It's not something that you have to do. It's it's something that you can you can kind of do without sacrificing the things that made like life really exciting. And so like there's a song on, on our new album that, that's a, that's uh, that we just recorded. Yeah. And it's it's about like this idea that realizing growing up doesn't suck. What sucks is the fact that we we have an opinion about everything. So nothing feels new anymore. Yeah. And to me, Eternal Boy is this idea that no matter what, like you have to stay, uh, you have to stay naive to some degree about the world, or it won't be fun to live. In. Is it a, a state of mind? Is that kind of what I, you I mean? mean? I, I think I think it's it's certainly. I mean, yeah. If you want to get Zen, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> like. Uh, it's like I think it's more of a of of a of a. It's definitely a state of mind, but it's it's a disposition. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like a. I mean, a state of being, maybe not a state of mind. And we're almost conditioned to mature and to grow up and to become these adults that change their friends that change their relationships that change their their whole dynamic but if if there's one thing that you don't have to change is well you don't have to change but if if you feel like you have to change the one thing you don't is the music and that's what's so beautiful about music is it doesn't change it it when it's there it stays there forever and we don't have to let it go and and we're going to touch upon this in a little bit about pop punk in general and where it's at now and where you see sure. it be going and and things like that um yeah, that's a great point think of our parents man i mean our parents you know still listen to the music that i mean for the most part i mean that they were listening to when they were like, 14 exactly you yeah, know right. i mean it's 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 kind of a weird phenomenon but i mean i just just for me there's something there's something so natural about pop punk and so it, like i mean it, it, there's a sense of immaturity to it that makes it endearing yeah, it's yeah. like whenever the, the 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 class clown gets the girl like it's like this <laughs> endearing quality and i feel like the pop punk is always the class clown well yeah and just like your one song awkward face uh right. it it's it pop punk feels awkward in a good way yeah. it does it yeah. feel it feels awkward but it, in a good way because we all feel awkward and and growing up is awkward and and um it, so you guys are definitely touching on something that i don't know really i'm sure it's been touched on before but you're definitely communicating sure. it in a way that resonates to a large demographic of people and, and is making it resonate for a long long time um, well, that's cool. I mean, that's cool too. I mean, that, that's cool to, to say too. I mean, of course, we're not reinventing the wheel, nor do I want to. I mean, that's not. And you don't have to. Right. Right. But you're definitely doing something that that's resonating. Have you guys played a show yet under the Eternal Boy name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We played a we played a ton. Okay. We played a ton. Uh, just not. We only played one in Pittsburgh, and it was uh, it was two weeks ago or two or three weeks ago, and it was with Punchline. Okay. Ah, oh, love so Punchline, man. I'm glad yeah. they're still doing it. Yeah, Punchline did a 10-year anniversary for their album 37 Everywhere. Hell yeah. And it was the first show in Pittsburgh we played. But even before that, we've been – we played all over Philadelphia and Baltimore and D.C. and New York and like a bunch of places to test the market. But our first like – we haven't done a headlining show in Pittsburgh yet under the name. We're waiting till after this music festival I do in November to do that. Yeah, and we're going to actually talk about that here in a moment because um, we're interested cool. in that music festival and, and some things around four-chord music. Uh, before we dive into that, however – uh, what I would like to know is what was it like to record the music video for Awkward Phase? It's a fantastic <laughs> video. It actually has a couple of Brandon and mine uh, and our friends, uh, Chris right. Gates, Dan Knopp in it. Um, so it was really <laughs> awesome to see. They, they look nerdy as hell, and I'm thinking, this is them. Like they, <laughs> This is totally those guys, and they act like they're not that, and, and they are. Uh, so good job on showing their true colors. But what I was really impressed with – and, and Unfortunately, I wasn't. Un- I was unable to make it out to the filming. But you guys kill it, kill it, not killed it, but kill it always in social media and marketing. It, you guys do an insane job, and that's all done by yourselves. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, we have. Uh, I do. I handle all the the day to day social media and the marketing and the macro level marketing. But we have a publicist for PR stuff. 
Like, yeah, and I'm sure they do great, but honestly, the, the, the credit goes to you and the band because, like, you guys do a killer job. And Thank you very be, much. Because for this video, it, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I'm not trying to put the, the publicist on on on, no, on sure. fire here, but they, <laughs> I don't think, had anything to do with the music video. From what I saw, you and the band and your fans made it happen. You posted on social media that it was happening. You told people to come out. You told them to bring every motherfucker that they could. And they right. did. They, oh, so yeah, the actual video was uh, the publicist had nothing to do with with, with the with the video with awkward the face. Yes, to, to clarify, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's that's. Uh, but I mean, he obviously the publicist had a lot to do with once it was done. But right, right, he, right. Uh, but with recruiting yeah, so, the people to get them out there. Yeah, I mean, was nuts. I don't know, man. That's that's really a tough question. I think that you know, even like for me, it's it's it, you know social media and i mean you have to understand like we're a band that grew up in the myspace era you know yep. like where there was one platform to release music one platform to communicate with fans and everything else was grassroots it was going to shows and handing out flyers it was oh it you was had zanga rishi don't lie what was that the hell that is zanga oh dude we, we dude i fucking i was all about zanga oh dude band. zanga was, was hot back okay, then well. dude, it, obviously angelo knows nothing about it so i don't yeah, I mean, Angelo's also never been laid before. <laughs> but, uh, but I know, yeah. sums I mean, it up, then. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> now we're talking three dudes in a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, social media, you got, you have to provide valuable content. I mean, that's, right. I mean, it's, it's, you've probably heard it before. I mean, content is king, but, you know, when, when, when nobody, you don't make money off a music video, you barely make money off of, the manufacturing and recording of music. I mean, Ain't that the truth. how can you how can you constantly create expensive and high quality content and not make a return? You know, so it's it's about diversifying. I think our revenue streams, but in terms of the social media, honestly, dude, and I, I mean, the people that listen to our band are just are. I mean, are are fucking awesome. I mean, I they mean, really are. It's I don't get it. I mean, I <laughs> no, think you suck, it, but like, no, you, you know, guys, you guys rock. And, um, yeah, I mean, being from born and raised in Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. And I know you, you know, you're saying you're a very modest guy and I dig that, but I, Brandon and I know music, um, mm -hmm. you guys are doing it the right way because you always like, look, let's be honest, Rishi, this is episode five of, of a little podcast here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, and we dig the fact that you're on here talking to us. I mean, like I said, oh, leading into this, dude. you're the biggest band we've talked to so far. So, oh, dude, 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 it's not, it's not even, I mean, it's not, listen, dude, I mean, there's, I mean, any way, any way to perpetuate the music and the name and get right. it out there and, and have a civil conversation with people, I mean, I'm down to do. It's but not. if, and, and it must be tough, though, being in the band. So I'm telling you from somebody who's not in your band and if you're looking for somebody let me know but um <laughs> but it, honestly if you talk about bands from pittsburgh who you look up to as a musician i'm telling you space pimps now eternal boy is in the conversation There's so no question you guys are doing it right wow mm -hmm. i mean this is this is i appreciate that very much man I and mean, that that means a lot a whole lot you're doing it right we've been looking up to the space pimps i mean i have since i knew who the space pimps were so, so huge did you get, man. Did, Brandon, did you go to Upper did you go to Upper St. Clair with the, with the rest of the guys? I did Angel, not, did man. I've no. only lived in Pittsburgh since 2013. Bra oh, so right, 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 right. The the quick backstory is I went to Kent State University in Ohio and so did Brandon. I was his resident assistant his freshman year, my junior year. He gave right. me more shit than anybody I've ever in my life was an RA too. So hey, I just, man, you were getting paid for that. Well, you know the saying, if you can't beat them, join them. So I just decided yep. to make them my best friend. But nice. um, I went to Montour High School, which is like 20 minutes from Upper St. Clair. They had a, a, a sax player, one of the five that they had back in the day, uh, Phil Burdett, and, uh, for the Skunk 11. And he went to Montour, then transferred to Upper St. Clair. Uh -huh. their, their senior year, they needed a bassist. Like I said, they suck at holding on to a bass player. I joined as a bass player. And I wanted to play guitar, so we transitioned to that, and it's been that ever since. So that's how it's been with with uh, the Skunk Eleven. Nice. Um, but um, what I want to finish the topic on, though, um, is what if you can, in like a minute or two, just kind of explain the process of what it was like to have all your fans, friends come out for the um, for the music video of Awkward Phase. 
uh, tell everybody what it was like from your perspective because it looked like everyone was having a damn good time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, music videos are really weird because you're not playing live, right? right? You're uh, you're you're playing to to a, to the track, and what was really awkward there, no pun intended, was that <laughs> that nobody had heard the song. Oh wow! So we tracked the song, and then like we invited everybody to come like an hour before and like listen to the song with us, and like we had food and and some stuff. But I mean. Anytime somebody comes, like, I mean, it's kind of a weird experience. It's like you sit alone in your bedroom in your boxers, you're heartbroken, you pick up a guitar, you write a song to some, some degree, and you record it and you put it out there, right? It, it's, you know, writing a song is like almost like putting yourself out there in terms of dating. And you, you hope people like you and you hope people dig it. And anytime people show up to see us, no matter where it is, it's, it's, it's pretty much, the biggest ego trip I think that you could have. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't drink or smoke or do anything like that, but like, that's like my high, you know, that's like, that's like what, that's what gets me through, you know, like, Hell like, yeah. uh, like it, it's hard to explain, but I mean, it was the awkward phase video was really cool because I got to incorporate a lot of my friends. We had a really unbelievable production company that is like, I don't know why they would work with us, but they're called red <laughs> dot productions. They're, they're unbelievable. And then, um, you know, we got to corporate. Like I said, Dan and Chris were part of it, and and, yeah. and you know, a bunch of my friends were part of part of it in the in the school shot of scene of it at least. So, I mean, did it was, you go to North Hills? Humbling. No, 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 I didn't. So that dude, that was like uh, the 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 film crew is the only one they got. Like we had a week to do it because we had to release it by a certain time yeah. in order to get it placed in this particular. Anyway, none, nonetheless, it had to be done quickly. <laughs> yeah. So they got hold of uh, North Hills High School and did it and, and did it there. Awesome. Awesome. What is your favorite track from the album Eternal Boy? Oh man, that that album turned out so much better than I ever thought. I mean that <laughs> that was that was uh that was like an accident. It was kind of an accident, I think. Um but I think that my my favorite song is um it's probably uh Brand New Me. It's probably yeah. the, the which is the first proper track on the album. I yeah. mean it's it's uh kind of driving and in your face and encapsulates old space pimps uh new space pimp, well, sorry. Old, see, I even did it right there. <laughs> old, old space pimps, like eternal, current eternal boy, and everything in between. Awesome. <clears throat> and and brand new me is also my favorite track from the album, which we're gonna play here in a second. And cool. uh, with the topic of favorite track, what's the least favorite track, if there's such a thing? And I think there is. Yeah. I, every album I've ever done, there's a track that yeah, I can't stand. Me too. I've got a least, least favorite track on every. Maybe album because I've you wish you could have done it better, or going back after it's already been published, you're thinking, damn, like. I just it, we didn't nail it the way that we should have. What's the is there a least favorite track on the on the album Eternal Boy? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but we every track we nailed. So no, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, there's two there's two tracks that I think that I, that I, I mean didn't turn out the way I wanted. There's a track called "Say to Your Face" or "Say to My Face." Yeah, um, which like the intent was it to be like it's like the envisioning of the song was supposed to be a little less aggressive than it was. And it was too aggressive. And then there's a song that I really love. It was the first track we released from eternal boy. Um, it's called the glory days. And it actually features one of my favorite bands, uh, lead singers sang on it. They're called the swellers Oh, okay. by ramen. And, uh, where well, they were, they broke up. And so that song, it, it, we tried doing too many experimental things during the recording process. And just the recording quality didn't come out the way that I wanted it. Um, so I think those two tracks are like my least, probably my least favorite. Who the hell's Katie? All right. So Katie, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who in the hell cause, cause is listen, Katie? listen, I like that track a lot. And, and I found myself saying, I fucking wish I was Katie. So, <laughs> so who the fuck is Katie? So, so I've, okay. So I've never written a positive song about a girl ever oh, in my life. Who does? And I Katie, certainly Katie, haven't. Katie's my current girlfriend. Oh, wow. So oh, okay. If that, if that gets messed up. Do you want me I'm to be Katie now? Any other two syllable name. But uh, yeah, so Kate, Katie's my current girlfriend. Uh, she's probably going to be listening to this. She listens to every and Google Hi, Katie. searches me every day. We Hi, like your Katie. song. <laughs> Everything about well, you, Katie. Yeah. It, it's it's real funny because so, so it doesn't like feed her ego. I tell her that Katie's just a metaphor for any girl. <laughs> And then she gets super mad, and then she won't talk to me for a day. And oh. then she listens to the song, and she wants to talk to me again. <laughs> I want to talk to you after listening to the song. <laughs> yeah. So Katie's the girlfriend. What's the message behind Was So you said that you've never written a positive song about a, a female. Does this song change that 
Um, yeah. That trend. Yeah. Yeah. That changes the trend. So it's like, it's like, uh, Katie's kind of this like utopian girl that, that we all wish that was, you know, we all wish we dated. And I mean, I'll be honest, like, like Kate, my girlfriend's like pretty much the coolest, hottest, nicest, smartest, kindest girl that's ever going to like me. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, she, it's, it's, it kind of encapsulates that utopian vision of a girl. It's basically the Josie of Blink-182 has a song called Josie. That's, yep. It's a much more fast and punker version of it. It's, this is like our version, our pop version of Josie. Awesome. Um, yeah. All right. So now we know who Katie is. Um, so what we're going to do right now, we talked about, Brand new me a couple of times throughout the podcast up to this point. Uh, Rishi saying it's his favorite track from the album. I think Brandon and I can concur. It is our favorite yes, track from the album. So we're going to play for all of you right now the track from Eternal Boy by Eternal Boy. Brand new me. So, everybody, we just listened to Brand New Me off of Eternal Boy by Eternal Boy. Hope you love it as much as we do. Killer-ass track. So, um, Rishi, we want to transition a little bit into something that Brandon and I just had questions about. And we're assuming that if we are having questions about it, that others may too. 
Sure. Or maybe people figured it out and we didn't. Yeah, maybe we're the dumbasses. Who knows? But uh, (laughs) we're going to ask it. So bring us up to speed on what four chord music is. I see that on your website as like your web design. It's your contact. Um, In that video I watched today, a dude was wearing a uh, four chord music music festival festival shirt. Which is right, awesome. Right. Again, it just it tells to your marketing genius. Like you, <laughs> seriously, uh, you, subtly you add in things. Uh, clearly, from Brandon and, and our perspective, who are uh, trying to do the same type of thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Right. But clearly, it's it's a it's a segment of Eternal Boy. It's something that you're obviously associated with and has some sort of connection. So bring us up to speed on what four chord music is. And and obviously that'll bring us up to speed on this music festival that's coming up. Sure. So, uh, four chord music. So, so we, uh, in around 2012, 2013, um, we were, we were managed by this guy in Los Angeles. Um, and, and, you know, everybody, everybody in in LA or, or New York who's a manager always tells you that they'll give you the world. Um, you know, and, and they basically promised a lot of stuff that they thought that they were going to do for us, and it didn't work out. And I was super jaded by it, and we kind of uh, like broke terms off with the contract that we had with them. Uh, and so what I ended up doing is that I, I figured, you know, a good friend of mine who's in a bigger band said, "Listen, what can what can a manager do that you can't do yourself?" Okay. And you know, I, I made a list of, of cost benefit analysis on that, pros and cons. And you know, I realized that other than the connections and the Rolodex. Which certainly is important. There's no question. Absolutely, uh, we could basically do everything that, that uh, you know under one one media hub that a record label and a and a management company and, and anybody can do. And until the opportunity comes where a bigger manager and a bigger label can do something for us, then we'll make that plunge. So four core music, uh, I, I kind of started formally, I guess, in 2013 to basically be the management arm of the band. Okay. So any any business activities, the publishing deals that we have, the the, the PR that we have, the um, businesses run under four chord music. And so what ended up happening is that in order to be able to fulfill all of the needs that a manager can do, I had to end up, for example, one thing is teaching myself web design. Okay. So I taught myself web design and, and you know, just so, so did you make to- the Eternal Boy website? Yeah, I did the Eternal Boy web. I did. I've done a lot of websites. Jesus, um, not man. only just for Eternal Boy, but yeah, um, I did the Eternal Boy website, and um, I did anyway. So it just kind of became this 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 arm for the band. When you reach out to a promoter or a record label, and it's like, "Yo, I'm Rishi from Eternal Boy. Like, you should listen to us." It's it's hard to convince them that you're legitimate, you know. Mm-hmm. So being being a kind of a management arm, I, I basically do all the business through that. Uh, and then what eventually happened was is that uh, I saw the Pittsburgh scene kind of disintegrating in front of me. Yeah. Uh, in terms of venues shutting down and and bands, kind of you know our our friends growing up with kind of either being dormant, i.e. Skunk Eleven, or uh, <laughs> you know somebody somebody you know bands breaking up. Yeah. And I said to myself, you know, I'm sick of not being able to to get on the shows we want to get on. So I said, in in 2014, I decided to do a music festival. And called the Four Chord Music Festival. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing at first, but it ended up being awesome. And the first year, uh, it was in the Strip District, and we had the Wonder Years and Real Friends and Modern Baseball. And love a bunch the of other Wonder bands. Years, by the way. Seriously, yeah, no. love the Wonder Years. Brandon, There's... I don't know if you've ever listened to them. I don't I, think you probably have. I have heard them before because of you. Oh, God, those guys rock. But yeah, they, sorry. They're, re- they're really good. I mean, we, we, and I don't like the current state of the scene in, in pop punk, and I'm sure we'll get to that maybe eventually. We are. But, the uh, I mean, the Wonder Years have grinded it, man. I mean, yep. we did we did a tour back in 2007, and we were we ended up playing a bunch of shows with them by accident on the tour. I mean, they just that's grinded an it awesome their... fucking ass accident. I'll tell you what. Yeah, Jesus. no, it was man. We played we played in Jeanette, PA, at a place called the Keynote Cafe. With yeah, wow, okay. Now look, they, but, um, play, anyway, they played I... at the Keynote too. Oh my god, dude, yeah, man. That wow, tour, that tour was the Wonder Years. Transit, which is a band that was on Rise Records from uh, Boston, Man Overboard, which is from Philadelphia, yeah. um, and then us. We played at like four or five of those shows. But um, anyway, wow. so so I decided to do it on our own. And of course, the goal here is is to help the band. Um, you know, for us to play in front of bigger audiences and different audiences or whatever. And so uh, that ended up, in, you know, kind of growing. And then last year we had Yellow Card as the headliner, um, and Anti Flag. And then this year. Uh, it's on the 13th of November. It's at Extaza nightclub, which used to be Metropole for you old school people. Yeah. 
And uh, we have a band, a newer band. Again, you know, I'm trying to do a different within the punk genre, but different different delineations of pop punk every year. And it's a band called Mayday Parade. Love Mayday um, Parade. Yeah, so they're headlining it, and then uh, we have a, a band that was uh, on a major label in 2006 that's doing a reunion tour called The Spill Canvas. Oh, come on. No, yeah. Everyone knows The Spill Canvas. Yep. Oh, cool. I mean, dude, you talk to kids nowadays, nobody has any idea who they are. Which but, is a shame. Um, I mean, those guys started out just on two acoustic guitars, just like really know, pouring man. their hearts out, and then... You know, they uh, kind of like Dashboard Confessional as is, is, uh, Chris Caraba like grew up a little bit, added in, you know, the full sound. Oh, for sure. Those guys fucking well, We rock. tried to get on a bill with them uh, with the Even 3. Yeah, they played uh, recent, like a couple months ago. Yep. At Ultra Bar, right? Yes. Yep. Rest in yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The request tour, yeah. I mean, R.I.P., baby. Yeah, I know. Seriously, gosh. Um, so they're playing, uh, Hit the Lights is playing. Yep. Um, Hawthorne Heights is playing another big band. Yeah, hey, band, Brandon, you should love them. I've actually never listened to Hawthorne. Well, Heights. they've got Whoa. the so- they got the song, man. They've got the um, heart. My heart Ohio. is in Ohio, right? Yeah, Ohio is for lovers. Yeah, Ohio is for lovers. Well, I I'm gonna have to check it out then. Uh, Ohio is for lovers. <laughs> Hawthorne Heights, right uh, now, right now. You'll be singing but, it, uh, man, or screaming so, it. So, so it, it's just kind of it's just, it kind of just evolved into into like this all day thing, and you know. It's cool leverage points. So, like for for bigger bands in other regions, um, like I put them on the show, and then in return they 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 put us on like one of their hometown shows. Um, it just kind of turned into something I didn't expect it to be. I guess you know, I, I it's a significant investment of my time every year now. Um, it's probably the third third you know most important thing to the band, and and um, you know to being uh, I'm a college professor too. I don't know if you knew that, but shut up. Um, Wait, are you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. You you teach classes. I'm, I know I sound shocked, and you're probably like, "What the fuck? Like, why does this guy like fi- find this to be so far fetched?" But what do you teach? No, no, dude. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody really knows my my life outside of uh, Jesus. God, I mean, band. you're awesome. Like, well, okay, our listeners are gonna know everything about you, so keep on going. Yeah, man. I can't wait for my mom and my girlfriend to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, what do you teach, man? Uh, so I'm a marketing professor at uh, La Roche College. Okay. Man. Now look, yeah, I don't want to. Is that interrupt. the alma mater? Is that my alma mater? Yeah. Oh no no no! I did. I went to the University of Pittsburgh for undergrad. Uh, my Actually, I think that may have been like an all fe- all female school. So what, Laroche? Yeah. Maybe it was. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> yeah. No 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 no. It's, it was it was all girls in like 1960. Yeah. Like okay. Well, fuck. You know, like I told you, I'm 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 a 60s guy. You know. <laughs> now, Rishi, yeah, like I, I don't want to interrupt you here. I've been calling you okay. Rishi, and I think I heard you say Rishi. Do you know what? You guys are so observant. Uh, yeah, so, so my name is – people – every single human being on this planet calls me Rishi. No, you tell me what you want to be called. That's your name. That's your identity, man. <laughs> oh, fuck. We're going to have to start this interview all over again. <laughs> no, but from God here on damn it, in, Brandon. If your name is Rishi, I want to call you Rishi, God man. damn it. No, what we'll have to do is what the slice – Every time we say his name, and you'll just hear like a, a little click, and we're like, Rishi. Yeah, and we're like dubbed over. Yeah. Like, here we are with Rishi from <laughs> Eternal Boy. Hey, yeah, how you doing? Rish. It, it is Rishi. Uh, it is Rishi, but I mean, you know, I, I could give two shits about what Well, did call you me. change your name, though? Was it Rishi with the space pimps, and now it's Rishi <laughs> with the turtle boy? Is that what it is? Oh, Angelo's got jokes tonight. I fucking Whoa. do, bro. I do. I do. Oh, <laughs> no, it's shit. Been, it's been Rishi since birth. Oh, okay. Actually, All right, so it's been a while. It's been Rishi since birth. All right. All right well, from now on, then, you're Rishi. At least I mean, you like can I stick said, to one name, right? That's your identity, man. I want to make sure I get it right. So are you Brandon? You Is got that Brandon? <laughs> Brandon? Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> Brandong. I think <laughs> I think we definitely lost sight of where we were talking about, but I'm gonna get us back on track here. Uh, and Angelo, sure. Angelo so, and Brandon. So you have the uh, <laughs> you have the four chord music festival. It's the third, right? Thirteenth. Well, it's it's the third one of this festival, oh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's on yeah. November the thirteenth. It's at yes. X. Okay, we're having trouble pronouncing things. Say the Jesus say Christ. the g- goddamn club name. It's Extaza Nightclub. Extaza. Extaza Nightclub. Ecstasy in Italian. There yeah. we there we go. Um and there's some really, really killer bands on it beyond Eternal Boy. You got Mayday Parade, the Spill Canvas hit the lights against the current Hawthorne Heights. Patent Pending is another band. You guys play with a ton. I think they're from Pittsburgh then, right? No, they're from Long Island. Oh, wow. Long you guys Island. play with them a lot, don't you? Yeah. They're, yeah they rock, they're, too. They are awesome. I Actually, 
Didn't Skunk 11, yes. was Skunk 11 on a show where they played? Yes, we've played with them a couple times, and I think The Switch. Those are two separate bands. For some reason, I always think right. they're the same, right? Right. They're, yeah, no, they're very, they both have the same vibe, like kind of goofy and, and like really good onstage presence. And yeah, yeah, they're, they're very similar bands. But I think the Skunk 11 played with us at Alter Bar. Yeah. With Pat and Penny. We did. The last, the last time our Skunk played with us. Yep. We sure did. It was a rocking yeah. show. No, no doubt about last it. time the Skunks played with you, I was in that show. That wasn't with Pat and Pending. Yes, it was. No, it was with... Uh... Maybe it was... Oh, damn it. Well, you know My what? Cardboard Spaceship Adventure? No, maybe you're Switch. right, but I feel like I would have remembered Pat and well, Pending. you know, whatever. So... Obviously, I'm not as observant as, uh, observant as you think. Oh, but... God, you're struggling, <laughs> Jesus Brandon. Jesus Christ, God, I don't struggling. move on. Move uh, on. <laughs> So look, Rishi. Here's something that Brandon and I do. It's it's something that we're we're starting to do, being uh-huh. episode five of the podcast with with the bands or the artists that we interview. And we didn't tell you this beforehand, so we're going to catch you off guard. We do something called lyrics as a poem. And what this little segment is, we ask the artist or the band that we're interviewing to to do like a verse or a chorus of one of their songs or a whole song if you're so inclined oh geez we're running out of time for that but um (laughs) but to do like a verse or a chorus of one of your songs Uh but as a poem and to give it like a lot of like sexual kind of like you know vibes as poetic as you can read it man beat poetry (laughs) so because and the way we found this out was in our first episode brandon did lyrics as a poem um, with Beyonce's formation, and we found it to be just hilarious to say those lyrics out loud. It's they're the most ridiculous, stupid lyrics I've ever heard. And oh, when yeah. when you say them, and they're not in the song, they sound like shit in the song. But when you say them, they sound worse. And we're not doing this so that it sounds bad for you, but it's just funny to hear lyrics not with the music. So, can you give us a verse or a, or a chorus yeah, from one of your songs? Yeah, let me try to think of the stupidest uh <laughs> It doesn't have to be the stupidest, just, you well, know. Well, the ones that would that would that would make good effect for like uh Marvin Gaye's, you know, voice type thing. <laughs> yeah, tell us the name um, of the song and uh, you know, go okay, on. Okay, so it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to recite a little piece here for you ladies. Um from uh, a song called Tears Falling. So I'm going to do – let me see if I can remember the, the fucking words. Uh, it's so short, though. Oh, I don't know, man. Now, now I'm thrown off guard. I know. To, like I said, it we it, it could be 10 seconds. It can be five minutes. We okay, just want to so hear you do... very softly and very – Poetically, tell Gingerly, us. Gingerly, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna do tears falling. Okay, give me, give me a second to get, the, get the verse in my head here. Um, yeah. Fuck! What are the words? <laughs> my own song. That was, that was great. <laughs> that really <laughs> that's was. The song. Yeah, that's fuck. Fantastic. Okay. So, where were you already. when the tears were falling? I don't know why you stopped calling. Save me from myself. Save me from myself. Give us a little bit. What, I don't get a round of applause? No, oh, is that it? (laughs) Somebody save this man. Oh, man, that's awkward. Somebody needs saved. Somebody swoop in. Nicely, nicely done. All right, so we're we're kind of getting to the end of the podcast here, and we're we're I know we're running a little over the time frame. I told you, but we're having a lot of fun. No worries, um, man. So there's just a few more things that we wanted to touch upon before we let you go. Okay, cool. So uh, I'm gonna throw Brandon under um, the pop punk bus here, real quick. Okay, um, Brandon. Sound effects guy as well. You know that wasn't a drop. That was Brandon. Guys. Multi-purpose here at uh, Spinning Thoughts Podcast. So Brandon's not a huge pop punk guy. Not that he dislikes the genre or the bands, because every band I've ever shown him, he really likes. But he doesn't seek out the music. Um, so, well, tell him to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, fine, so, you motherfucker. Well, I'm, I'm gonna. S- we're gonna post the picture in a little bit. But Brandon's sitting here fucking shirtless right now. Dude, it's hot oh, as wow, hell in this studio, really, man. Really, yeah, you guys are taking this super seriously. <laughs> he took it off around minute twenty-two uh, when we started talking about fucking Katie. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Um, oh my god. So, sorry. Um. So, anyways, um, 
my I really just wanted to ask you this, man, because you're a Pittsburgh pioneer for pop punk. Talk about alliteration there. Yikes. Um, but look, man, I love pop punk. That is my core. That is my that is my go to. It is everything to me. Um, but for somebody who loves that genre as much as anybody else, in my mind, it's a genre that feels to be dying. Um, mm-hmm. Something, it, but I do feel it coming back. I do feel the gurgling down below in the depths. Gurgling, yeah. Gr- yeah, whatever. Um, More so sound effects. What I want to understand from you, uh, Rishi, is what is the pop punk scene like in Pittsburgh and in the country, and where and where do you see the future of pop punk going? Oh man, I can't write a doctoral dissertation on this. Uh, <laughs> So, um, yeah, let, let me, let me give the premise is that I am a very, I'm a pop punk traditionalist. Okay. Okay. So if we're looking at this politically, right, I am, I'm a liberal, like obviously politically, but you know, I am a, I'm a conservative okay. <laughs> when it comes to pop punk. <laughs> yeah. That makes uh, a lot of sense. Good. It does. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I just feel like the genre now is very fragmented, but of course it's, you know, if you ask you know, a kid today, what pop punk is, they're going to name bands like the wonder years and, and real friends and Uh, um, modern baseball. And they're going to talk about neck deep and state champs. And there's remnants of the conservative or traditionalist pop punk in all of these bands. There's no question, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't speak to me. And of course, being older than the generation that's listening to this now, I, I don't know if I'm the right demographic, but it just doesn't speak to me. And even if I try to transport myself as a 16 year old me, it just doesn't speak to me the way that it did right. whenever we were listening to. So my evaluation of, of the current of scene is is a bit um, is a bit uh, ambiguous. It's unclear. It's, it's yeah. to me, it's not well defined. And and I think a large reason for that is because there is not a medium to perpetuate pop punk to the masses, right? Think about when we were listening to it, right? When I mean, New Fountain Glory broke into the top ten on TRL. Yeah. Blink-182 was the number one you know, requested song in the world. There was a medium to create a rock star. But you're still you know? seeing it. Blink with uh, with the new album that just came out, Green Day with uh, Revolution Radio. I mean, you're, you're still seeing right. some of the old school guys bringing it back. Oh, for sure. I mean, listen, man. I mean, that's, 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 that's the irony, right, is that the, the, the old school bands, Blink, Newfound, Fall Out Boy, I mean, yeah. we could throw all time well, low Fall Out Boy, yeah. They, they've I mean, gone... They, their stratosphere far I mean, away I mean, from it. Uh, I mean, but the point, the point being is that they, uh, you know, in my eyes and my humble opinion is that, you know, they made it, you yeah. know, they, they already made it. So when they go and they do a tour once every two years, they can do it at a 30,000 cap room because they were one of the massly distributed bands. You know, you look like a band like the wonder years today, the wonder years have, have sold, you know, maybe a hundred thousand albums, you know, they've, they're on Hopeless Records, which is one of the biggest independent record labels. They tour constantly, and they can play to 800 people every night anywhere in the world. And that's great. That's unbelievable. But they will never, ever, ever be as big as Blink or Fall Out Boy or All Time Low because we don't have the platform anymore to create the idea of a rock star. And the so ones that you, do – sorry, go ahead. So you think that it, it doesn't have anything to do with the music – or it doesn't have anything to do with the people listening to the music. It has to do with the, the being the, there. Yeah, with the, the the medium of getting the music from point A to point B, being from the studio to the consumer. Right, right. I mean, spot on. I'm looking at this in two different ways. One, do I like the new pop punk stuff? Not really. That's my personal opinion. Separating my personal opinion and, and looking at this from a from a sociology standpoint, I mean, I don't think that it's possible for pop punk to ever be what it was in '03. Because again, like I said, it's just a, it's a completely different game. It's it's about attention spans are zero. You know, before yeah. you'd buy a whole album and you'd listen to the. I mean, listen, Enema of the State by Blink One Eighty Two. There is not a bad song. There's no question. Yep. But even if there were, it was a bad song. Every consumer listened to the whole album. It, we're You're in right. a singles. We're in a single based meaning a, a song, a singles based a culture. So where, where does that an agenda- where does that put Eternal Boy then? Because when I think of Eternal Boy. And then, you know, in the past, Space Pimps, right. you refer to yourselves, or I think of you guys, as traditionalist 
right. punk. So it, Our, it, yeah. it's it's a it's a tough place to be then. But because that pattern happens with every genre of music. So uh, and and now this is not my favorite, but think about rap music from the 1990s. People right. are going to say rap music will never be the same as it was when Biggie was doing right. it, when Tupac was doing it, when Nas was NWA, doing it. NWA, right. Correct. Or rock will never be the same as when Zeppelin was doing it, but, Sabbath were right. doing but it. Brandon, what you're missing, though, is that Eternal Boy is doing it, and I don't know what's coming up with this new album, but I'm assuming right. sticking to that. So where does that lead you guys? Like, What's the so, future for Eternal Boy with the topic of – being in this genre of music that's changing, but right. the can't thing be can never duplicated. Go back. Yeah. Correct. Man, God, is that a good – if you can answer that question, then you, you need to join this band. I mean, oh, I dude, okay, okay, I'm tempted now. Maybe it, I'll it, fucking answer, answer this answer question. Down, man. <laughs> I, think, I think that is that is the million-dollar question. So how does a throw – and we've branded ourselves as throwback pop punk, um, and that's kind of like our brand mantra. And so the question becomes, how do you rejuvenate something if people don't want it to be rejuvenated? So my, my, my answer to that is, is, I think, twofold. The first being with the, with the reunion and the nostalgia tours that are happening with Blink and Good Charlotte and Sum 41 and the Ataris and, you know, the starting line doing, you know, three, four oh, shows a yeah. year. I think that that means something, right? So that means now that a band like the Wonder Years – who are now open, you know, for example, this uh, tour that's happening with Good Charlotte. It's Good Charlotte, a band called The Story So Far, yeah. four years strong and hit the lights. Oh, so you have, you have three of the four bands are throwback-ish bands. Hit the lights, yep. you know, four years strong and obviously Good Charlotte. Yep. Then you're, you bring The Story So Far, which is one of the biggest new pop-punk bands that will bring 800 people every night just to see them. So you, your hope is that if you're a Good Charlotte, that you're going to bring your own thousand people to the show and you're going to expose yourself to a fan base that's never seen you before, maybe never heard of you before. So my, my goal is that, you know, and, and it's uncharted territory, I think, you know, I mean, people sometimes new pop punk kids don't know how to take us. They're like, like, wow, like they're like they make dick jokes on stage and offend people. But <laughs> respect they, you know, your elders is what I say to you, <laughs> sir. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So I think that, you know, where does that leave us? I think it leaves us in straddling the line of pop and punk. Like truly by the definition, yeah. I think that we tend to have a better reception of people that are, say, 16, 17, 18, 19, that their parents don't you know, let you listen to punk music. You know, how how is it that, you know, you can listen to Eternal Boy? They're like so punk, but they're so pop. So we're trying to, I think, straddle that line. And, and, and you know, unfortunately or fortunately, the band that's really doing that and they're younger than us and they're doing it much better is a band called Five Seconds of Summer. Oh, and we are nothing. Yeah. We are nothing like that band. I do not back that band at all in terms <laughs> of the, in terms of the message. But you know, chicks dig that because they're 24, <laughs> yeah, and they are 22, 21, and it's like really risque, yeah, for them to listen to like music with instruments and distortion. It's kind of yeah. It's almost like the uh, and this is really even further away, but like the 1975. Um, oh yeah, dude. Good. Point. That's a great example. You know what I mean? Great example. Yeah. Um, and I actually kind of dig the 1975, but, um, they, they're playing on the, the road that's been paved before them a little bit, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so is there a new genre of music being made then? Well, and, and to elaborate real quick, it, so we're kind of terminating as post pop punk. So what is the next we, we basically we have two more questions for you, and we're gonna let you go. We've taken you over the time. We really appreciate. Dude, no it. problem, man. No problem. But we're we're corning at post pop punk. But what is you are re, you were referencing an album that's that you're working on? Can you tell us what the name of the album is and where it fits into a genre and just kind of what's behind that? And then we'll ask you our final. Sure, question. sure. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think my pub, our publicist would and the rest of my band would kill me if I. If I said the name of the album God right now, damn like, we're it. trying to make it like a big deal. Yeah, now, I understand. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. We don't have a name picked. It's between three names, and the names insinuate this idea of growing up but being recalcitrant towards growing up. Awesome. Now, okay. Rishi, um, who's going to be the first person to know this? Like, once <laughs> the band gets it done, like, oh, I'm who, sorry, say that again. Who's going to be the first people to know the name of the album once you decide it and decide that it can be made public? Well, obviously, this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. We would love to, uh, in our music news segment, be the first uh, people to share to the world, 
Eternal I, Boys new look, album. Look, we can always album. just retweet it. You know, it's we it's no big always, deal. But <laughs> it's no big deal. I mean, we we <laughs> would love I, to be, you know, the news breakers there. I promise you. Well, unfortunately, we'll, hopefully we'll have a, a no offense, a bigger news breaker doing it. However, absolutely, absolutely. I will promise you that the the minute we decide it, I will send you guys a message and let you know what it is. Fuck yeah, Fuck and then we'll awesome. retweet yeah. it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, so we don't got the name and that's okay. Can you give us an idea of the, the vibe, right. the sound that's coming from it? Is, is it going to so, remind us of space pimps? Is it going to lead us into this new, uh, new age eternal boy punk? Yeah. Right. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I, we definitely didn't reinvent the wheel. I think that this is, you're going to have, you're going to, it's, it's the, it's the most nostalgic. It's, it's nostalgia. Great. I mean, it's, 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 it, to me, it's about, and even if you're 16 or 18 or 20, Right. It's about it's about transitions. Right. So when you're eight, when you're 18 or you're 16, you have your first kiss. This album is for you. If you're 18 and you're going to college and leaving your hometown, this is for you. If you're 21 and you're leaving college and moving back into your parents' basement, this is for you. If you're if in you're your 20, late 20s and you haven't been laid yet, as as Rishi <laughs> has um, if, pointed out for me, this is my fucking album. If you're 29 and <laughs> you're trying to decide if boys or girls are your are your choice. This is your album, right? So <laughs> I think it's it's about transitions and it's about acknowledging it and, and kind of knowing that you can still you can still embrace your youth and while you make these transitions. All right, so I got one last question for you. Don't overthink it. This is I hope it. I get laid this year. Oh god. <laughs> I hope I get laid this year. Don't overthink it. I just want to kind of get it off the cuff um, and and see where you're at on this. Yeah. If someone came up to you, yeah, who's never listened to pop punk music in their life, Ever. Not a song. And so, Brandon, if Brandon walked up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much me, yeah. If Brandon walked up to you and and said and asked you for the best five bands of the genre. Love it. To get them into it. Who would you suggest, Brandon or this other group of people, to check out? Okay. Is this this in hierarchical order of most? Yes. Yes. Five to one. Five to one. Okay. So, uh, okay. Five. Uh, the fifth is Lesson Jake. Awesome. Lesson right. Jake straddles ska and it straddles pop punk and it straddles punk rock and it gives you uh, a good um, surveying of what it is you're getting into. Awesome. Uh, number four would be uh, Newfound Glory self-titled. Wow. I'm sorry. Excellent. Now I'm getting specific with albums. No, it's but, all, you can uh, do that, but that's great. Okay. Newfound Glory self-titled was the first pop punk band to really incorporate a little more of a hardcore edge uh, in terms of, of kind of breakdowns and, and they the love hardcore culture. music if they weren't pop punk they'd be a hardcore band absolutely and, they, and dude chad from newfound glory was in shy halud which is a hardcore ah, band. i didn't know it um don't even number know who three. shy galud or i don't even know who that is <laughs> shy halud's a hardcore band you'd hate him don't worry shy halud okay <laughs> yeah sounds like it next number three number three would be the ataris and the album so long astoria interesting um, i didn't more, think you'd name that one that's a good one i uh, that that is the perfect um you know, and I tell people this all the time, even even younger people that they never heard of them that come to our shows. I'm wearing I'm wearing in a so long a story shirt right now, ironically enough. Nice. Um, but this album is the album. If you want to reminisce and you want to shed a, a tear or two, uh, you put this album in late at night and you drive through your hometown, and I promise you, you will feel something that you probably never felt before. Okay. That's and, and it's nostalgia, right? It's based on nostalgia. Got it. Number two. Blink-182, Enema of the State, or Dude Ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Pioneer album, the Pioneer band that brought pop punk to the mainstream, much like Green Day did, but I'm not a huge Green Day fan. Now, that um, album, Enema of the State, I have heard beginning to end you know, a yeah. shitload of times in my life. So, It's a phenomenal album. And no number doubt. one, the number one band Drum roll. that if you want to know what pop punk is, for me, it's the starting line state like you mean it. Hell yes. So Angelo and, and, has been preaching the starting line to me. Ever since I've known him, since 2007. He's well-educated, I mean, that's yes. why. Yes, I so, am. So uh, it, it is reassuring to hear you say that. It is – it absolutely encapsulates every – you know, you know, every surveying of pop punk, it has super emo, pop, like poppy stuff. It has yeah. Blink-182 related stuff. It has punk beat stuff. It has acoustic tracks like Chris Caraba and Dashboard Confessional. Um, I think that it's it's just uh, it's just a masterpiece and I cannot get enough of it. Even 15, you know, 12 years. What's later, the name I just of the album? Get enough of it. It's called Say It Like You Mean It. Yep. Uh, two bands that I may not have thrown in the top five, but I think are honorable mentions. Homegrown. Oh, bro. Kings of pop. Holy yeah, dude. Shit. Seriously. Um, 
and MXPX. I mean, do you throw them in there? Oh, love MX. I mean, listen, man. It's like it's like choosing your favorite kid. I mean, that's MXPX and Homegrown and Alistair. Uh, yeah. And oh god. Dashboard Confessional and brand new. I mean, they're in my top fifteen for sure. Rufio. Oh, um, dude, I love Rufio. You guys are like Me speaking too. a different language. I know it. I know it. <laughs> that's what happens with uh, early two thousand pop punk kids. Yeah. Hell, yes, it is. Hey, so uh, Rishi, so we are coming to the end of this. You stayed past the time frame I told you, so I want to thank you very much. Yeah, for we doing appreciate all, uh, all your time here, Rishi. Thank you so much, man. This was a thank you so much for having me. Yeah, badass uh, interview here. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug some of your like social media and different places where we can have our listeners find you. Sure. So, uh, uh, facebook.com slash eternal boy music, twitter.com slash eternal boy music, instagram.com slash eternal boy music, eternal boy music.com. Uh, in, in, I'm assuming this is a Pittsburgh uh, based audience, uh, November 13th at Extaza nightclub in the strip district. Uh, we eternal boy are playing uh, alongside of Mayday Parade, as mentioned, and a bunch of other cool bands. It's a, it's, there is also, I forgot to mention about that festival, 50% of the bands are local. Uh, so, I, which killer. you guys always do. You uh, That's another thing that I just want to say real quick before we sign off. The uh, Eternal Boy and, and the past Space Pimps, I was in a band called Skunk 11. We've talked about it. You guys have been very generous to the band, to Chris, to Dan, to myself. We've played many, many shows with you. Absolutely. You, you bring us on. You no, you don't even do it with us. You do it with a lot of bands from Pittsburgh. So, again, when you're born and raised in Pittsburgh and you think as a musician or somebody who just loves to listen to music, who do you look up to in this world of music? You guys are in that conversation because wow. of that, man, because you – you still give back. You still yeah, help you're helping out. to keep the, the scene alive here in Pittsburgh. So it's, it's excellent. So we want to thank you not for just being on the podcast, man, but for helping keep music and pop punk and ska and all that alive here in Pittsburgh. Rishi, thank you, you so guys, much. Thank you. You guys made my night. Thank you very much. So once again, we want to give a big, big thank you to Rishi Ball from Eternal Boy for joining us here on episode five of the Spinning Thoughts podcast. B-Dog, what'd you think? Loved it. Couldn't have asked for a better interview coming from Rishi. Uh, we talked about what he's got coming up. We laughed. We had a really good time. So, sincerely, Rishi, from the bottom of our hearts, we do thank you for the interview. Thank you. Everybody thank you. in the city of Pittsburgh, make sure you are at the Four Chord Music Festival on November the 13th. These guys, the Eternal Boy, will be there alongside many other big names. This is Angelo Gargero signing off from the Spinning Thoughts podcast with Mr. Brandon Robertson. Yes, sir. Signing off from Evergreen Studios. Peace. Peace out.